Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm here in Los Angeles. I'm a writer and a producer. I'm a mom of two boys. I have a big dog, and I am rooting for France today. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here with Leanne in our studios in West Hollywood, but I live in Santa Monica. I'm a sometime part-time corporate executive, and I have a little dog named Hooper. And I'm Julie Dolan. I live in Dallas, Texas, but I've lived in lots of other places uh, around the world. I'm an empty nester. I'm a former university administrator, and I'm an urban nana. Thank you so much for listening to Satellite Sisters today. We have a full show for you. It's we just, do very full. Just us today. No guests. No no special nothing. I but... think we're enough. <laughs> Liz, you are I, enough. I think you're enough, Liz. Yeah, I think you're enough. Sometimes I think, Liz, you're too much, but, but that's okay. another show. Okay, okay, dialing it back. That's for the Ask Us Anything show. <laughs> when Which just, is coming up. Yes, it is coming up. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. All right, we're going to talk about the miraculous um, rescue of the Thai soccer team there. Julie has some insights because she lived in Thailand. She knows, familiar with that area. Uh, and yep. she worked very closely with the BBC when she was there, which is just kind of uh, hard to believe. My I know. colleagues at the BBC, I'm going to tell you all about it. Yes. We're going to talk a little sports today. Big weekend uh, in sports at our house. It was so hot we couldn't leave the house in Southern California, but that's why we didn't need that's to. That's okay. It was the perfect weekend yeah, to be the, trapped in your home. Yeah, there was Wimbledon. There was the World Cup. Of course, there was the British Grand Prix. LeBron James is coming to L.A., so we're going to talk a little Woo-hoo. bit about that. Uh, Julie, you have some Tuesday trends, and it involves cruise travel. <laughs> Cruising, Leon. Okay, it's the next big thing. Okay, we got the word. It's green light for cruises, Leon. I'm good. I'm glad to hear that. There's only one cruise I want to go on, but I'm glad to hear that. And then, Liz, you bringing it with the entertaining sisters. You have a block of entertainment. I do because we were on vacation last week. I entertained myself quite a bit, and <laughs> I I have a few entertaining sisters notes that I want to pass along to the whole sisterhood. And then speaking of that, you were you were on vacation, so tell us a little bit. How was, was your was how was awesome. your fourth your trip uh, to yes. New York? So I was on the beach on Long Island with some friends. It was delightful, and I would like to thank the many of you who helped me solve the issue, which I posted in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Am I allowed to take hummus in my carry-on luggage? And, you know, we know Jennifer, former TSA agent. I knew she would jump right on it, even though she's got, you've got the new baby, Jennifer. Boom. You were there with, with the recommendations. But people had a lot of insights about what you're allowed to carry and food that had been uh, dumped from their carry-on I, in the And past. I read, Liz, they're really cracking down on travelers with food this summer. Oh, really? You know? Oh. Yes. 
Okay. Just food in general, TSA. Yeah. So I ended up, I packed, the hummus is a, is a podcast sponsor. So that one, so I did check a bag. Once I decided to check a bag with the hummus, then I put quite a few jars of salsa basket in there. Oh, good. So because I was bringing that as a gift to the people I was staying with. Sure. And then because I knew we were watching the World Cup game, the Mexico game, uh, I brought tamales from Southern California because you really can't get no. them in New York. Not the way you can no. in Southern California. No. So I was channeling our mom, who always always arrived with a suitcase full of food. Um, so and it and it all because there's no food in New York. There's right. no no, right. no food in New York, especially in the Hamptons. <laughs> who would no, want to eat none. that food? No. All that barefoot Contessa food. Like you want to would... get a lobster, you can get that. You need a good chili verde tamale. I don't know, Leanne. I'm bringing that from Southern California, and that's what I did. And it was tasty. So it was a good flight there. But I had an interesting customer service experience on the flight home. So I just wanted to give a special shout out to an American Airlines flight attendant. Because, you know, there's a lot of complaining about airlines in general, flight attendants. It gets rocky on these planes during the summer. You know, every plane is completely full. It's a mix of types of passengers. You know, you have your frequent flyers. You have your first-time flyers. You have extended families. It's complicated. You've seen this, Julie, right? You fly around a lot. Right. And then I think there's some people that are really, like, medically not really suited for travel. And they're on the planes, too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, I mean, I feel badly because it's very, it's arduous. I mean, it's hard work to travel. And a lot of people are just physically not up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so the flight attendants end up having to juggle quite a bit, and that's what was happening on my flight home on Sunday. So the flight attendant, of course, I did not get his name. We'll call him Joe. And I get to my seat, and across the aisle from me, he's juggling two complications. There was a, a parents, two parents, a mother, father, and a toddler who were not seated together but want to sit together. So you can understand that. So they need three seats in a row, and they just don't have that. So he's looking for volunteers from those good seats to move. Then in front of him, he's got an adult son and that son's father, one of whom is hearing impaired. So they want to stay together. So he needs basically four volunteers to go sit over there instead of here. And some people are being good about it. But, you know, when you have the super valuable aisle seat, right? nobody wants to give up an aisle right. seat. Right. I know. Like no. I, my whole life, I've never given up an no. aisle seat. <laughs> So, but I didn't have, the flight attendant said, which seat are you in? I said, I'm over here, 17C. He's like, okay, you're good. Sit down. But then across from me where the dad was, they didn't really have a ticket to that seat. And the guy who did have the ticket to that seat was clearly a frequent flyer like me. And there was no way. And the, the, the flight attendant said, would you agree to move back there to, and he's like, is it an aisle seat? He's like, no, it's a window. And he's like, no way. And in a moment, I looked at the look in the flight attendant's eyes. And then I looked at the parents. And I volunteered to go sit. I am shocked. I know. I was shocked, too. I do not know what came over me. You've gone soft. I I think I have. I think I've been out of the corporate world just long enough now so that I am volunteering to switch. Tears in my eyes. Honestly, it's not that is very sweet, very nice. Nice to help the flight attendant. Nice to help yeah, those families. That family. 
I was so uh, bitter and, and the don't whole way, you though. Feel good too. I bet you <laughs> well, feel good. Okay. Well, you're telling the story, so obviously. Yes, you're I do feel good about that. it. But I was bitter for some of the trip because I realized not only did I volunteer for a window, it was the window in the very last aisle. So it was a window with less space because I was in one of those elite seats, right? So uh, whatever. Anyway, I get back there. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna have to. This is why you go to meditation, so you can just. It was fine. But then at the end, again, shout out to Joe, like a.k.a. Joe, from American Airlines. As I'm walking out, he said to me, ma'am, thank you so much for volunteering for that seat. He said, I went into your account and just gave you 4,000 extra frequent flyer miles. (laughs) So it turned out great for everyone. Yeah. So that's That's, really good service all the way Aren't you a little concerned that Joe can go into your frequent flyer account and just... Add and subtract miles from it? I don't know. He sees from his... I like the subtracting part. Like if Liz had been giving him the business, he's like, oh, lady, you're going to lose some miles. You're going to lose some miles. I'm going to dock you for that attitude. Yes. No, I think... You know how they get the list, Julie. Yeah. I'm like platinum right. status or something. So he yeah, sees yeah, yeah. that on his sheet. Anyway, yeah. so no matter all, where you're sitting, yes, he knows. no matter where you're sitting, they know. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, so I just wanted to pass that along. Like it's nice I, in a in just a flurry of just not thinking, <laughs> being too chill after a vacation. I gave up a good fee, good seat for the suckiest seat on the airplane. <laughs> but somehow Wait, American you're spreading Air- kindness, Liz. <laughs> I like that very much. Very it's well, the way well to done. go. Well done. It's, it is, it, yes. It these is. days, it's the way to go. Concentrate on the one-on-one acts of kindness that you can control. Uh, the, these days, I agree with yes. you, Leanne. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of hostility out there. there are many things that are not within our control. Right. It's a lot of hostility. Um, okay. So then as part of this vacation, I also I spent two days in New York City visiting some friends. And I did a tourist thing that I just want to pass along because it was so much fun. Uh, Julie, maybe you've done this because you are a frequenter. Of the borough of Brooklyn. Yes, uh, I enjoy going to Bur- Brooklyn. It's part of, uh, as my urban nana, I visit my two granddaughters mm-hmm. that live in Brooklyn uh, quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and by the way, if you're looking for a great place to go on vacation, New York City is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it's intimidating to people, but especially in the summer, it's kind of quiet there on the weekends because a lot of New Yorkers leave town. It's an excellent time to be a tourist in New York. So my friend Catherine and I decided we would spend the day. We would get off the Big Island. We would get off Manhattan, and we would go over, spend the day in Brooklyn. And another friend who lives in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, my friend Rob, recommended to me that he said, well, have you been to Smorgasburg? And I was like, that's a place? Smorgasburg? That's <laughs> like, funny. I lived in New York City for a long time. Never heard of Smorgasburg. He's like, no, it's the food truck village they have in Williamsburg every Saturday. It's right on the waterfront in Williamsburg. So there's a beach there. There are dozens of food trucks. It's really super fun. And he said, most of the time, it's too crowded to... I'm looking oh, it up. Liam's looking at the it's website now. Smorgasburg. Yeah. own website. Yeah. yeah, looks fun. So we went over there. He said, normally it's too crowded, but, you know, it's a quiet holiday weekend. So I was thinking, so anyway, we tried it. And it was super fun. You want to get out of Manhattan. It's very easy. You take the L train right over to Williamsburg. You walk around in adorable Williamsburg for a while. You get your food at Smorgasburg. It's really a scene. You're sitting, you're looking back at the gorgeous skyline of Manhattan. That so is, the, see, that's a great view of Manhattan. It Some is. of the best pictures of Manhattan are taken from 
Brooklyn looking at Manhattan. I agree with you. Yes. I took a couple of really bad pictures looking back, but you know, (laughs) but you. Well, it's possible to take good pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I recommend Smorgasburg. We'll put a, we'll put a link in our, uh, in our show notes. So I was thinking about food, sisters. So I saw. Just a note. There's one in L.A. There is downtown L.A. now every Sunday. Dallas. We have one in Dallas, too. We have a whole. Uh, it's called truck. Smorgasburg. This is called. No, Smor- it's not called Smorgasburg. Oh, oh you got to brand it. Julie. Well, the one Come in on. L.A. Yes. Is, oh, is. OK, well, I will talk to them. <laughs> the one in L.A. is Smorgasburg. Yes. yes. It's the same people. Yes. OK. It's the same people. So, yeah, there you go. It we was- should do that. It was a little bit of everything. It was really good. Yeah. And because by then the super hot temps had broken in New York, you could actually like be outside. Oh, okay. So, okay. But I have more food news that okay. I will go through quickly because this is the story we do every year at Satellite Sisters just because it's so ludicrous, food trends in general. So every year there is the fancy food show, which is the trade show for people in the food business that happens in New York. And so then – and that – so that – um Creates a series of stories everywhere. This one is from the Washington Post. Ten trendy foods you'll soon be seeing everywhere. So I won't go through all ten of them, but you can look at the link um, in the show notes. And I was thinking, wait a minute. When I was doing this a couple of days ago, last year we did this story. And what did they tell us last year was going to be the trendiest thing? And did that really come true? So I went and I looked at last year's story, and it said... Gochujang is going to be the new sriracha. So, you know, everything was sriracha flavored like two or three years ago. And this was the new spicy Korean flavor that soon was going to turn up in everything. And I think we said it on the show last year, but they certainly said it in the paper last year. And I was like, did that really come to pass? And yesterday, I actually walked into my neighborhood, Whole Foods, and they have gochujang flavored ketchup, mustard, Barbecue sauce. There was is the first time I had noticed it because now I was alert to. Okay, I'm just going to see if these trends are really happening. So with that as a backdrop, like, right. these are legit trends, verified people, trends. It's already okay, I've got in... my pen and pencil out. Yep. Okay, so gochujang is the uh, word you learned last year, or maybe you're just hearing it for the first time now. This year's word you're going to have to use is moringa. Moringa is an ancient plant that has long been used in Asia and Africa for its reputed health benefits. So it's the latest of the trendy superfoods. Mm-hmm. So just get ready to, for this. You can now get powdered Moringa smoothie mix. You can get energy shots. You can get Moringa superfood bars. You can what get... Is it, a, is it a plant or an animal, Liz? It's a plant. It's an ancient plant. And it has like, I don't know... And my reputed health benefits, Julie. That's all I can tell you. I don't, okay. you know, right. I don't know if any of these things are real, but it's reputed. So you can get um, snackable puffed Moringa bites. Anyway, Moringa is the new Kochikan, which was the new Sriracha. So there you go on that. I have a Moringa body lotion that I've been using for years. It has a very strong scent, though. I can't imagine eating it. Like okay. it's, but okay. All right. <laughs> I'm well, going to look for that. You can get Moringa tea, which they recommend with lemon and ginger or whatever. I, all right, Liz. I believe okay, it. it so then, um, okay, what else is new? Well, everything old is new again. Cauliflower is the new Brussels sprouts, uh, which was the oh, new I kale. That. Right? Yeah. Have you noticed? Yeah. I've noticed this already. Yeah. They're putting cauliflower They're using it in everything. For everything. You can make cauliflower pizza crust. Yeah, yes. cauliflower everything. Yeah. Right. So how do you feel about cauliflower ice cream? 
because that's one of the things that's going to be hitting markets near you. I'm I, I'm not that enthusiastic about that. No, my my two body is down. My two body thumbs down on that one. My body is starting to reject cauliflower in ways <laughs> I won't describe. But I'm just I think I've reached my peak cauliflower intake. Okay. So again, I just think ice cream should be delicious and creamy. So I guess. <laughs> So okay. does, is it replacing the the dairy? No, no. It still has all the dairy that oh, you well, want. Oh, well, then what is the point of that? So there's cauliflower and chocolate ice cream. So this Peekaboo brand hides veggies in every pint. So they say, don't worry, it tastes like chocolate ice cream, but it has cauliflower sure. in it. Well, so, what's, come on. Then just, what's the point? Is yeah. that what you were about to say? Yes, that's stupid. I guess to eat the cauliflower yeah. is better than, they're putting it in pretzel sticks and Cheez-Its, whatever. <laughs> cauliflower, you are warned. Here's another thing that's going to be everywhere you don't want it. Quinoa, as if we didn't have enough quinoa in our lives. Yeah. They're now putting quinoa in all kinds of like instant cereals and mac and cheese. And uh, there's a. It's, it's an ancient grain, Liz. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's good that we stay connected to our ancestors. To all of yeah. the ancient grains? Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm pro quinoa. Okay. In well, the appropriate foods. Yeah. In like granola and things like you've just mentioned. Yes. yes. Mac and yeah. cheese, not so much. That's, okay. Well, but. So your quinoa, yes. Cauliflower, no. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and then here's one. I don't know. This I really. This seems unlikely to me, but okay. they're saying it in the Washington Post, and they were right last year. So uh, more unlikely than cauliflower ice cream. <laughs> yes, Julie, okay. because it's okay. canned fish salads, and the article even says, "I know that canned fish salad is not a very sexy phrase, but hear me out. This is not your water-packed starkest." It's a higher quality fish with vegetables, herbs, and spices. And if you bring a tin of it with a crusty roll, you'll get a perfectly good meal. So sardines are getting trendier. So this would be like a sardine salad in a can. Or they have like a Provence niçoise. And then, of course, the required Thai sriracha. Right. You can get that. Thai sriracha fish salad, all full of veggies. Uh, a lot of these are made in Portugal, which, by the way, is where the best tin seafood in the world originates. So canned fish salad. Hmm. I'm going to believe it when I see it. I'm going to. I think I'm going to taste it after you do it first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, though, you have to say those packets of Starkist, you see a lot of people eating those that are on low-carb diets. Yeah. You know, they already have all that flavored Starkist and stuff like that. So this just sounds like a gourmet better Sounds like a foodie version. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. But yeah, they need a new name. Canned fish salad. Canned fish salad. Just, We're it's like gag reflex. When the you brand is Freshe. F-R-E-S-H-E. Oh. <laughs> Anything okay. now with an E, like exant grave or exant goo, whatever that is. Anyway, there are some highlights. There are more things you're either not going to want to eat or going to want to eat starting tomorrow. Okay. That's Liz doing a little food reporting. I know. That's not really your being um, normally. I eat. I just don't I know. cook. <laughs> so canned fish salad. Reche sounds perfect for you. And that's why I carry tamales with me wherever I go now. <laughs> all right. You know what? Very sweet. Thanks to all the people that posted uh, pictures of their blueberry muffins on our our oh, Facebook yeah, group and our Twitter feed. We always post our mom's blueberry muffin recipe around the 1st of July so you can make it for the 4th. And then we're just delighted to see those photos. So thank you so much. That was very sweet. I made some this year. Um, Me too. Yeah, I made some this year. And then I and then it was I made a lot. I don't know what it, the recipe just over delivered. And then Brooks, uh, my son had friends over. I just was like, please take the muffins. Please don't leave me here with these muffins. 
I was like making muffin packs for all the kids as they left. 20-something boys. I'm sure they were happy to they take those muffins off your hands. They were happy. They were happy. All right. Just a reminder, next week we are recording an Ask Us Anything show mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. we will uh, drop in August, as they say. But this is your chance to ask us anything. We, you know, no guarantees we're going to answer it. Right. But, <laughs> but you can ask. You can ask. So there's a thread developing on the Facebook group. Uh, and then you can just jot your question down there. We're going to pick a bunch of questions. Yeah, and- if you're curious about our backgrounds or how we do the show or just things as you listen you wanted to know, more, you know, but certainly provide some details about our missing sisters, Sheila and Monica. So. Yes. What's I mean, they're not actually two? missing. No, it's we not, know exactly we where they are. We ask them some questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a mystery, but okay. Ask us anything. So that thread is over pinned to the top of the Facebook group. And we'd love to, we had so many new members of the Facebook group yeah, this it's week. Great. It's exciting. Lot, lots of fun stuff happening over there. A lot of travel advice happening over there. People going places and People live everywhere. The sisterhood has become the source. It, yeah, it has. I yeah. I like that. Yeah. every We yeah. live everywhere and we've been everywhere, like the whole extended sisterhood. Yeah. So thanks for sharing all your tips with each other. So someone showed up at our Facebook page and said, I just want to join the group. I saw a message and um, it was something we rarely check our Facebook messages. It was <laughs> like, oh, I better answer this. So if you're looking for the group and you're on Facebook, just search groups for Satellite Sisters and then ask to join. That's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. There's no direct link, right? I don't no. think. No. So you just You're probably probably okay. I'll work on that. Who knows? We could probably put a direct link or just right to the group. No, really, just search just on it. Just search that, groups. And it really, pops right Facebook up. is going to do a better job delivering this for you than we will if we try to figure it out. It's, they're pretty well organized at Facebook, right? So that's going to happen next week. We'll be doing that. Right, we're going to get to the amazing story of the Thai rescue, but first we want to thank a couple of sponsors here at Satellite Sisters. Okay, such drama, such drama this week in the news. Luckily, Julie Dolan, you lived in Thailand for many years, and you have the like sort of special insight into the the Thai boy rescue. A phenomenal rescue. I mean, it's amazing. As we're doing this podcast this morning, we got the joyous news that all of the boys got out of the cave, as well as their coach. Everybody was rescued. All the rescuers were able to exit. Uh, and and what an audacious plan, right? Was that the yes. most daring of plans to travel two miles in, scuba diving in, to rescue these? I mean, it was such... I mean, I've, I, this all I've been watching, it seems like, for the last 17 days is like the bravery, the skill of these divers. They had divers from 17 different, you know, 17 different country, no, countries oh, really? coming. Oh, wow. uh, and then just the human endurance of the boys in the cave, of the coach that kept the boys alive. And then, and then all the rescuers, they had the divers plus about 70 rescuers that worked along this two mile cave path to get the, uh, to get the boys out. I mean, it was an amazing rescue. And you're right, Liz and Leanne, I did live in Thailand for five years. And during the last 17 days, I have been watching exclusively the BBC coverage um, on TV because I think they've done the best job. And of course, I have a connection because when we first started Satellite Sisters, 
I had moved to Bangkok, Thailand. Liz, you were living in New York at the time. Mm-hmm. Leon, you've always been in Pasadena. Uh, that's where you where you are. But um, I had to find a place, a radio station to uh, to work with so that we could hook up to do the Satellite Sisters. Now, the first radio station uh, I worked at, late, uh, we later found out, was a CIA halfway house for <laughs> Burmese uh, freedom fighters. But... That's another story. We're not going to discuss <laughs> That's a good it. story. Maybe in the Ask Us Anything episode, <laughs> we should cover that. That I had no idea what I was doing there or what all those other people in the radio station were doing. But later on, I found out. But then I moved to the BBC. And so I used to go to the BBC News Bureau in Bangkok, Thailand. Of course, late it was late at night in Bangkok, which made it an acceptable time in New York and Los Angeles for our connection. Uh, but I always felt very close to my colleagues at the BBC. <laughs> and I felt very important that I was actually working in the BBC. Yes, I don't yes. think I don't think the people at BBC felt that I was one <laughs> yeah. of their colleagues. That's true. When they heard some of the things we were talking about, is that it? Yeah, yeah I just, yes, yeah, some of the topics, uh, again, that we cover um, on Satellite Sisters. But nonetheless, um, it was, you know, I think they have done great coverage because one of the things about this rescue and about the boys and the cave, the wild boar soccer team, is that the area they're from uh, is they keep talking about Chiang Rai is a, is an hour away in a car. So where they are is in the very northern part of Thailand. It's very mountainous there, very jungly. I, I did some trekking in that area, but it's it's really remote. And I also imagine that these boys are from very small villages. I mean, this is not. They are. This is. This is nowhere near the big tourist spots that if you come to Thailand, right? You know, even Chiang Mai is a long way away, or it's certainly not near Bangkok. These these kids were probably from smaller, simple villages where most of the people are working as farmers, or you know, really pretty simple, uh, simple lives. And then now for them. They're, you know, they're, it's a worldwide thing. We have all been rooting for these boys once we found out that they were alive. And then just the care that has been taken to get these boys out of the cave, I thought was amazing, you know. And another thing that just from living in Thailand, Liz, you, you've spent a lot of time there, I have, too. yes. You know how proud the Thai people are. You know, they mm-hmm. are just so proud of their culture, of their country. And one of the amazing things for me, I think, when I think about this story, is that they allowed so much international help to help them rescue these boys. You know, it wasn't like a lot of countries might have said, hey, we're okay. We have our own Navy SEAL divers. We don't need, you know, we don't need people from all over telling us what to do. But they accepted all this help. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was such, such a you know a daunting task to try to rescue these boys. And the Thai people, the Thai government, let all these international cave divers and rescuers show up and contribute. I'm very yeah. glad they that they kicked Elon Musk and his like <laughs> rocket submarine out. Though I'm glad they didn't use that. Yeah, you're right, Julie. I mean, the Thai people are very proud, and one of the things they're very proud of is that they're the only country in the region that was never colonized. Right? right. They they will right. constantly tell you that when they're there. They've always kind of just been 
Thailand under various names. So right. to welcome in all of these people was amazing. And I've been up in that part of the country because you're right on the border with Laos and right. Myanmar. It is really, yeah. really remote. Yes, it is. Yes. So the communications is up there. This is a region where I can't say it's true to, I, today. I don't know that. I can check with my BBC colleagues and I'll get back <laughs> to you, sisters. But um but, you know, this is a region when, when we were traveling up in that area, um, very few people spoke English. You know, that, you know, usually in a lot of places where you go in Thailand, it's so tourist friendly and there is a lot of English spoken, but not up in the Golden Triangle area. You know, so this is a very remote area. And somehow that they managed to bridge all the language barriers, that they got all that technology in there, that they worked out this, you know, elaborate, coordinated plan. You know, I heard one BBC reporter saying that, you know, even though the World Cup was going on in Thailand, there was really only one football team people were worried about. And that was this wild boar team. So they're all in the hospital now, which is just great. Um, But they're under very good medical care, too, because they were worried about what, you know, they might have been exposed to while they were in the cave for that long in terms of infectious diseases. And they're trying to slowly bring them back to health in terms of reintroducing food. You know, there were some uh, bits and pieces of news this morning that the kids want chocolate and they haven't even really been reunited with their parents yet. I mean, the parents of some of them have been able to see them. But again, they they you know, they're they're keeping family members away until the boys um, are strong enough uh, to handle that. So, you know, I have to say every time I looked. Every time I looked at the diagram of what they were actually doing and they had like the choke points, you start to hyperventilate even looking at the drawing. Yeah. Never mind actually doing it. It just is unbelievable. The 15-inch choke point. The 15-inch choke point. Exactly, Leanne. Yes. (laughs) You know, I mean, and as, as, again, as one of my colleagues said earlier today, (laughs) they are now the most famous cave divers in the world. These boys, some of whom could not swim. And now they've they've done a cave dive that most cave divers would not be able to do. They've done the most advanced cave dive ever, you know. And so the, it and- will be interesting to watch them. I guess you know, as you know, Lee and you and I were talking about this that you know you worry about the post traumatic stress syndrome uh, fr- after experiencing something like this. They have a long road ahead of them. Will they be able to? deal with the trauma of this, you know, of being, perhaps, you know, will be difficult for them to be alone in the dark or will they ever swim, you know, swim again? Will they, will they take up careers? Do they want to be divers, you know, after experiencing this? We, you know, it's really undetermined at this point. Um, but it, but I think they have captured the joy, you know, and the imagination of the world. Uh, and certainly they will be loved and hopefully, cared for in Thailand as they go forward with their recovery. But it was, it just was, it's, you know, it was such a great uh, event for, you know, for all of us, don't you think? Yeah. You know, the LA Times had a piece this weekend. They spoke to a couple of the Chilean miners and they talked to the psychologist who was in charge of the mental health of the miners, like ran that team. And the miners were down there for substantially longer, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, still very serious. And 
And the psychologist said something interesting. He said, I hope they just let these kids go back to their lives as quickly as possible. He said, we made a mistake with the minors. There was so much fame and notoriety and, like, people wanted to interview them and do this and do that, that they did not return to their normal lives right away. And that he thinks mm-hmm. has done some long-term damage. Oh, because, that's interesting. Yeah, like uh, they just, they shouldn't be famous for this because that, that may just add to the post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so well, I know you had said like they were invited to the finals of the World's Cup. I mean, obviously they won't be doing that and that's just a cheap publicity stint by FIFA and, and we get that. <laughs> but And by you know, Putin. Yeah. yeah. Like so, we did not give Vladimir Putin that, you know, no, that, that joy no, of, of no, being, but, uh, being around these Thai cave boys. Yeah. But they shouldn't do a press tour of anything, really. Yeah. It sounds like for their psychological well-being, because those miners, the couple of miners they talked to said, oh, yeah, they, they've they suffered depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress. They have a hard time keeping down a job. They close their eyes. They see the cave. They said this did. One of the miners said, I heard this story, and then that night I had a very traumatic dream about trying to swim to rescue those kids yeah, in the cave. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. you know, this is serious stuff. Maybe because they're younger, They'll be more it resilient. will seem more like a little bit of an adventure, you know? You yeah. Know, That's what they're trying to. I, I, one psychologist said that they should, they should, you know, try to characterize this for the kids as an unusual adventure that they had. So, but really hats off to them for their spirit and endurance and hats off to everyone associated with this rescue, because it does lift your spirits to, yes, to see, sure. you know, Mankind doing something good there, or yeah. womankind, or whatever. <laughs> All those Aussie divers, more of those guys. <laughs> okay. No, fantastic. I, I think it did seal the deal for me, though, this weekend. I'm meant to go on a girls' weekend with my friends, and one uh-huh. of the activities is an escape room. Yes. I'm out. No. The, <laughs> like, this, this, this story has made it very clear. I should not be in an escape room. So... I don't want to take everyone down with me. No, that's yeah. good. No, thank yeah. you. Don't ruin their whole experience. No, nope, just I. I'm not going to tie. I don't. I don't. I want them to go. Yeah. So, but I'm just going to bow out at the last minute. Like I'm not getting in that escape room. <laughs> so, all right. Let's talk a little bit of sports here. Uh, first of all, just on behalf of the city of Los Angeles, Liz and I would like to welcome LeBron James to the Lakers. Welcome. Yeah. Yes. It's exciting, Uh, you know, because we've gone two grueling years without a giant international superstar (laughs) to carry our team. My gosh, what a what a desert of uh, trophies we've had. So I just like him. I think he's interesting. He does seem like such a good guy. He does a great job. Don't you feel a little bit sorry for Cleveland, though? No, 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 no. I mean, they... (laughs) No, okay. even the mayor. No, he came back and yeah. he did what he said he was going to do. Got him a championship. He doesn't have to do it every year for the rest of his life. Yeah. I mean, the mayor of Cleveland, big send off for him. There's no yes. problem. Cleveland's cool. They're totally cool with yes. it. They got what they okay. wanted out of him. He's <laughs> delivered on a lot of fronts. I did read a funny story in the LA Times that he likes to bike to work. Oh. So they had a map in the in the paper of him from his giant house. He already owns two giant homes here. So oh, from he his does. home in Brentwood to the Staples Center. And basically, he's going to be dead. Like, <laughs> there's no possible way for him to bike that route safely mm. on a consistent basis. So, okay. so you know. Maybe enjoy. he'll just stay in the neighborhood. Brentwood's not far from me. I'll just get my scooter and scoot around Brentwood all day watching <laughs> for LeBron. One for him. <laughs> Can you imagine LeBron James on one of those bird scooters? That oh, would be hilarious. Be funny. <laughs> be funny. I think he'd have to get one in a larger size. Yes. Do they come in different sizes? Extra okay. tall. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, lots of headlines this week about Wimbledon, you mm-hmm. know, and it's they're all mom related. So yeah. that's something to look forward to, isn't it? A lot of bad mom puns and mom <laughs> jokes and mentions of moms. Hitting one mom against another mom. More moms on tour means more mom matchups. Uh, that, like, really, the headline actually says that? Yes. Mom v. Mom. It was all <laughs> over the place. I mean, we're pro mom. We're pro mom. We, we talked about this last week. We're happy that they're not going to yes. lose their ranking. Yes, there are women professional athletes that are also mothers but they didn't invent motherhood and like don't women have enough competition with now they're already competing at a high level as tennis players yes. do they also have to be competing at a high level as mom tennis players? yeah well that would be good and yeah. there are dads that play each other we don't yes. every day every day dad v dad i'd never seen that headline yeah so, uh, but this weekend, Serena did tweet out that she, because of her practice schedule, she missed her daughter's first steps. And oh. Serena, that's okay. You're going to miss a lot of stuff. But you know what? Like the hundredth step, it looks just as bad as the first one. You just recreate it. Like with Photoshop, you can do amazing things. Yes. You know, you just got to let that stuff go. You just, you never have yeah, to tell her you, you weren't there. That, She's not going to remember you weren't there. Yeah. And Azarenka, she's a mother, and she said, oh, I want to spend every second. I, I feel the guilt, guilt if I take 15 minutes for myself to stretch. Oh, please, Azarenka, get, get a hold of yourself. It's going to be a long it's life. It's a long life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we don't believe in any guilt here. And it's awesome <laughs> that you're a professional tennis player. And someday that kid's going to go, it's awesome that my mom is a professional tennis player. Yeah. So... Now, I I don't want to look too far into the future, but now that Serena is still in it, let's just for a minute imagine Satellite Sisterhood, mm-hmm. the Wimbledon finals, when we look up in the royal box and there is Serena's very good friend, Meghan Markle. <laughs> yes. I mean, oh, my God. That, well, don't you? Well, I mean, I'm I'm planning on that. And I don't mean, you feel uh, that Meghan Markle just in general has lifted the sports uh, in yes. England as well? Yes. I think she is the World Cup phenomenon <laughs> yeah. as well, Liam. Yes. No, I know. But just imagine mm-hmm. that moment. I know they always say in sports, take it one game at a time. Yes. So I'm yes, trying not Leanne. to get too excited about that. But I think it one is like... One royal box at a time. It's just a magic melding of worlds yes. there. Like everything I care about in a single <laughs> picture frame. <laughs> I don't really care about royalty. I care about Meghan Markle. I just want to make that clear. So again, one game at a time, sisterhood. Yeah, okay. But that's a magical moment to think about. How wow. meaningful Now that's. I can't get that image out of my head. Right? You're excited yes. now. I mean, like God, it's replaced the image of the choke point in the cave <laughs> in my head. <laughs> All right. And then the World Cup today uh, to or today and tomorrow, the semifinals are happening over the weekend. A lot of good games, a lot of very exciting games. But really, the headline for me was that the Russian cheaters are out. OK, Jew, <laughs> I know, Lee, and you and I were texting Ooh. during that that last game. I don't I mean. I mean, my we said it from the beginning. From the we beginning, knew the Russians were going to cheat, right. uh, you know, and they were going to. We, I thought they could win the World Cup. Yeah. Unfortunately, they couldn't do any penalty kicks, Liam. They couldn't cheat on penalty no. kicks. That was <laughs> Those, that was they were our saving grace. <laughs> yes, it was tense. I was watching in a bar in Brooklyn after I left <laughs> Smorgasburg. I was in an air conditioned bar. You know, here's the thing. Here's a couple of things. I mean, if you haven't read about or heard or watched that documentary Icarus about the state sponsored cheating that the Russians did during the Sochi Olympics please watch that because yeah. or listen to the New York Times uh daily podcast about that because it blows your mind like how deep 
how complex, how many agencies were involved, right, how, how much money, right how many years, right from the top. Like, they play the long game when it comes to cheating at international sporting events. You know, they this was not some program they threw together before the 4 by 400 finals. No, they yeah. were really working the system. So if you think that that... Like that it's unfair to accuse them of yeah, cheating? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely not unfair. That yeah. was a mediocre team that continued to win and win and win. There's, there's no testing and So what's in your soccer. theory, Leon? What do you yeah, think really happened? I, you know, I think there was a combination of— uh, Sometimes the home team just does better than yeah, anyone expects. Yeah, I mean, and there's That's that. That's very common. There, there is that. Um, but they were a bad team, Liz. You know, they probably wouldn't have qualified on their own if the World Cup hadn't been there. So I think there was a combination of some blood doping happening. Uh-huh. I think there was KGB-style tactics to influence some of the refs, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. f- over years and years and years. Yes. Yeah. I mean, imagine the KGB threatening line refs. You can yeah. imagine that. Yes. And that's who runs the country, so you can imagine that. And, yeah, and then I think there was... Really a, sucking all the fun out of the World Cup. But wait, no, the good news is they're out. They're out. <laughs> so I think it was just about to be really a scandal, and they finally lost, which was a relief. I was yes. surprised to see, like, not a single person in the Fox booth thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah. I mean, let's remember six months ago, they weren't allowed to compete at the Olympics. Right. For like, perfectly good reasons. For, for real reasons. And that included their soccer program. Mm. So... So anyway, I'm glad they're out. And yes. uh, viva Go la, Croatia. Viva la France. <laughs> I'm I'm going for Meghan Markle's team. Okay. All, the way. All right. Okay. That's that's it. But yeah, I, you know, just to follow up on that, you know, I mean, if sometimes, you know, it sounds like we're too harsh about the Russians, uh, you know, just keep in mind this same week, although it's not getting much publicity because there was so much other news in the world. That one woman in Great Britain, Dawn Sturgis, died of exposure from that Soviet-developed military-grade nerve agent that was used in the March attack against the former Russian spy Sergei Skirpal and his daughter. Now, Skirpal and his daughter recovered, but Dawn Sturgis died and her boyfriend is in in the hospital. So they were contaminated with the same, you know, Novichok, uh, nerve agent that um, that was that was used to try to kill Skirpal and his daughter. I mean, and the, of course the Russians have denied involvement, but they're the ones that developed this this nerve this nerve agent. Yeah, and I know we've mainly talked about your time living in Thailand on today's show. Yes, Joanne, but you were also in Russia for how many years? I, I also lived in Russia for five years. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Uh, there you so, go. Yes. So we're so experts. <laughs> Julie Dolan from the BBC, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the bean, as we call it, you know, in-house. Just, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay. All right. So we're going we're gonna to do some trends and we're going to do a little entertainment. But first, we have to do a little business. We'd like to thank a couple of the sponsors of today's Satellite Sisters podcast. Okay. So we are back. And by the way, you know, all of the links to our sponsors are always in the show notes and at our website, SatelliteSisters.com. So, Julie, it is time for some Tuesday Trends. Tuesday Trends. Here's the first one. We're really excited about both Starbucks and Hyatt Hotels announced this week that they're going to phase out single serve plastic straws. You know, no more straws because of the environmental damage it causes to the world's oceans. So I think that is great news. Starbucks Mm -hmm. is going to phase in. And this sounds really good. (laughs) Adult sippy cups. (laughs) Think about it. Mm. So you don't need that big straw that is that's ruining the oceans that uh, they're going to they're going to redesign the top of their cup. So it's going to be like a sippy cup. 
Sounds Didn't good. Didn't it huh? used to be that? Or oh, I guess it was coffee lids sort of let you do that. Mm-hmm. So now, like for all your frappuccinos, you're going to have for a sippy cup. For all your frappuccinos, uh-huh. for okay. your ice, for all your cold drinks. Got and it. I, I think it will be a trend that carries on. I think everybody is going to be using the sippy cup. It's, it's very <laughs> successful with the younger set. So why not with... With, the, with our aging population, I think it will be good for the aging you know, population. Is us? That's us. <laughs> but Liz, I have to mention that mm-hmm. that one of the the reason for the success of this no straw movement that that Starbucks has now adopted and Hyatt hotels, it actually started with a YouTube video of a sea turtle. Mm. Now the sea turtle of course is your spirit animal. Yes, yes. It is also uh, your your branded uh, uh-huh. health and wellness uh, segment. It's, I find but, sea turtles uh, very inspirational. Yes, that's all true. Okay, so the seat there was a video of a sea turtle that got a nose, uh, got a straw stuck up his nose. Oh. Uh, and you can imagine how uncomfortable that was. And the video was of the of the vets trying to get the straw out of the sea turtle's nose. Uh, but that went viral. And uh, I think it's something we can do, people. We've learned uh, to mm-hmm. shop with our own bags. We've learned to recycle. Uh, we can learn to use sippy cups, right? <laughs> Sure. sure. We used to know how to use them when we were babies. <laughs> it's going to come right they back, really like am- riding a bicycle. Okay. So that's my first one. Second big trend, it's cruising, and cruising is so uncool, it's actually cool. Really? Uh, and it's all official now that cruising is cool because it was in the New York Times style section. And you know that's how the world works, that if it's in the style section, yeah. then then it's official. We all have permission. Uh, you know, there have been a lot of articles over the years about, you know, crew, horrors on cruise ships and how they're, you know, how uncool they are. And, you know, but this author, travel writer, uh, went on a cruise, just a regular cruise, and he found it to be a, the simple sincerity of the experience he enjoyed. He, he found that when you're on, you know, he had a number of reasons why he liked cruising. He said, when you're on one of these big mega ships and there are fairly tight uh, quarters, you learn to co-mingle with your fellow passengers and there's a lot of pleasantness on cruises. Okay, don't overthink this. I mean, he tried to invoke David Foster Wallace in the first paragraph Mm -hmm. of his article, but basically he's saying, just relax, people, chill out, enjoy your cruise. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's a good value, you know, for the cost of a hotel room. You get that all-inclusive experience, which a lot of people like, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's, you know, it's a relief because you don't always have to be cool. There are a lot of uncool people on a boat. (laughs) And you know what? That is... That's that's, cool. That's cool. That's very relaxing. If if the rest of your life is all about being cool, that's it. You can enjoy simple games. Bingo. Bago. Volleyball. Foyer foyer jams. What? I don't even know what those are. What is that? Shuffleboard. I'm sure there's Mm -hmm. shuffleboard on board. Yes, the shuffleboard. They, he said it's a maternal experience, Leanne. You're pampered. Mm. You can nap. You can eat constantly, sleep <laughs> constantly, just like a baby. Okay? Oh, gosh. This does sound cool. Sounds he good. Said, he said there's a fair amount of diversity on board. Again, because, you know, it is. these are open to everyone. And he enjoyed be, uh, vacationing with a very diverse population. And, you know, he said it's also... 
the thing about a cruise is he did none of the ports of call. He just stayed on uh, on, the on the boat. I think that's a just good strategy. He, it sounds like he ate a lot of cheeseburgers on the boat. <laughs> yeah. but, but what he said is that he finds that if your life is very stressful, now there's a you know a lot of vacations that offer you heart stopping adventure and zip lining and all. He said no 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 on a cruise. This is good contrast to the stress of your daily life. You can just float along and just mm-hmm. keep eating cheeseburgers mm. uh, and taking naps. So it's official now. We really need to book a cruise, sisters, <laughs> don't you think? Well, we did do. We were, we were on a, on a small boat together on the Great Barrier Reef in Australia in January. But that was different because there were only 20 passengers on the boat. Right. And then when we went right. to the Galapagos a few years ago, Leanne, there were only, what, like 50 passengers right. on that boat. Right. So, you know. And okay. we had to do death-defying adventures. We, you know, yes, swim we did. Shark and stuff. Yeah. 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 Sounds like yes, eating cheeseburgers. We had to wear stinger suits yeah. on our, our cruise, Liz, That's as you true. recall. So. Yeah. But yeah. this, you can just lie around and eat cheeseburgers and, you know, and play, play bingo play and shuffleboard. And he said, and enjoy it. Just go with it. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Well, okay. that I believe. I believe in not overthinking things. But I guess for a New Yorker, that's a real revelation. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh, I should just enjoy this and not overthink it. No, I, the only cruise I want to go on is down a river. And you know what I'm talking about. Oh, so ooh. that's it. I'm that's, talking about your long-term yeah. Viking River cruise plan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, Liz. Which river? Are you thinking about the Rhine? The, <laughs> the Danube, oh, maybe. the Danube, okay. Yeah, or right. the Porto. Okay. Yes. Cruise, more cruises in our future. Yeah, I think that's hope. all good news, Julie. Okay, in the entertaining entertaining sisters portion of the show, I have one follow-up and two recommendations. The first follow-up is on the audiobook I recommended. If you haven't listened to our episode about the best beach bag book list, you should go back and listen to that. The entire expanded list is also posted at SatelliteSisters.com. Leanne, you did an amazing job uh, Thank pulling you. together a, a really great list of things you're going to want to read this summer on vacation. But I mentioned two audiobooks, one of which was fiction. And that is a book called Something in the Water. Mm-hmm. and But I had not listened to it yet. I had just heard that it was fun. And I thought, well, that sounds good because it starts with scuba diving. So, you know, but anyway, I, so now I've listened to the whole thing on vacation, like on my flights to and fro. So it's about this young British couple, Aaron and Mark, who, and their lives take a sudden lurch in the wrong direction because they're scuba diving and they chance upon Something in the water, hence the title. (laughs) But this whole thing is so tense. It is a very menacing kind of crime thriller that had, there are some very far-fetched plot devices, but you don't care. I don't care. It's got everything you need. Don't overthink it. No, don't overthink it. It's it's got bad Russians. It's got a romantic honeymoon in Bora Bora. There are Swiss banks. Brexit, it gets involved. There's a full-on pretty woman shopping scene at Chanel. You don't know who to trust. There's a whole secondary plot line about all these other criminals. Oh, my God. There are people at the bottom of the ocean in a plane, and nobody's even looking for them. I don't know. It's just like, this is the perfect crime. I'm gone horribly wrong. And I, as I was reading it the whole time, I was like, I know that Reese Witherspoon has the rights to this story and is attached to produce. And I cannot wait until it's a Reese Witherspoon movie. I don't know if she's going to be in it. But anyway, it was a lot of fun to listen to. And the first five minutes, you've never seen an opening scene in a book like this. I'm oh, just, wow. I'm just going to go out on a limb. It's just, and somebody in the Facebook group also noted that already, like, wow, the way it begins, 
Shocking. Okay, so that is so that's a re re recommendation. Re 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 recommending your recommendation. That's a first. We yeah. don't usually do that, but that's no. good to good to know. Okay. And I'm sure if you read it as an actual book, also gripping. But because the author Catherine Stedman is also an actress, she was on uh, Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Um, she does a fantastic job performing. Oh. I mean, there are Russian accents, there are Cockney accents. Oh, it's got everything. This thing. So I re 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 recommend. Okay, two other recommendations. It is the summer of. Of the documentary. We've already talked about the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary and we've talked about the um, uh, Mr. Rogers documentary. The third one that is making a lot of news is called Three Identical Strangers. You may oh, have read yes. about it already. It's, I have heard about this, Liz. Okay. You have to see it, Julie. It is a fascinating, surprising, and shocking story. You probably already know the, the title, Three Identical Strangers. These are triplets separated at birth who hmm. find each other in their late teen years. And that's just the beginning of how shocking this story is. Oh, wow. There are revelations about what went on. Like, I'm not even going to try to give you any preview. I'm just saying, like, if you like documentaries, if you like things with a lot of twists and turns, Three Identical Strangers is a really fantastic movie. And uh, so I recommend that. Is it in theaters? It's in theaters now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're probably opening it slowly around the country. Right. You know how they do that with documentaries, yeah. so it gains momentum. And I'm sure sooner or later it's going to be streaming. On Netflix or something, yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing I want to recommend is a podcast. This is the series called Heaven's Gate. And it's the story of the—remember the Heaven's Gate— cult where they all committed suicide because they were getting on the UFO to oh, go yeah. out to space together. Right. Okay. Yes, so sort of, yeah. This is 10 episodes about what really went on with the Heaven's Gate group. And it is interesting. I'm always fascinated. You know, we talked about Wild Wild Country mm-hmm. last month. And I also listened to that, the Bikram Yoga uh, podcast about which is totally culty that 30 for 30 did. This is sort of the same, like, digging into how do people get sucked into cults, uh, especially suicide cults. Yeah. So this starts at the very beginning. This was never their goal in the beginning. So it's sort of how the cult itself changed over time and, like, how did a – what was a religious community turn turn into a full-time suicide cult? And 10 episodes. What makes it particularly fascinating is that the host, Glenn Washington, who you may know because he's the host of the public radio show and podcast called Snap Judgment. Really interesting guy. Anyway, he's he's the host of this. But he himself grew up in an apocalyptic religious cult in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Holy cow. Yes. Yes. Wow. So he has a very unique take on how this happens to people and what it's like. And in fact, halfway through the I'm 10... I'm subscribing right now. Yes. Can carry on, Liz. Yeah. I'm just going to subscribe to that podcast while you talk. And, <laughs> and half, halfway through the 10 episodes, there's one whole episode where, episode where the executive producer is just interviewing Glenn Washington himself about what it was like to grow up the way he grew up. He grew up in something called the Worldwide Church of God, which sounds pretty, you know, the headquarters were Benign. in Pas- Pasadena. Pasadena. Exactly. Yes. But he was in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it was an apocalyptic racist cult. Yeah. And he was a black family in a racist cult, if you can imagine. Um, hmm. He talks all about his life, like in the middle of the whole Heaven's Gate series. Wow. So, you know, he has a very unique take on like 
how this happens wow. and what it's like. Anyway, I recommend it. It's called Heaven's Gate, and it's produced by the same people that produced Missing Richard Simmons. If you listen to that, mm-hmm. that was a yeah. great series. So, so there you go. Podcast recommendation. Um, that's it from Entertaining Sisters. Fantastic. Thank you, Liz. Good recommendations. As always, all of this information is always posted in the show notes at SatelliteSisters.com. So if you're looking for something we said on the show, that's the best place to find it is SatelliteSisters.com. That is Leanne's really nice way of saying, (laughs) you know, you can email us if you want to, (laughs) but it's all right there already for you. (laughs) Right? Pretty much right there in the middle of the homepage, people. <laughs> Only because it takes a while to put together those show notes. So yes, yes. We, we don't really have time to do individual <laughs> inquiries. Okay, Leanne, stop while you're ahead. You're right. You started the show with kindness. Let's finish the yes. show. Okay, Joel. Yes. All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, our to-do list today, Liz, what do you got? Well, on my to-do list, I have visitors for the weekend, uh, Leanne. I have Julie Dolan and her mystery husband are going to be in Santa Monica for the weekend. Uh, we're going to be celebrating Julie's birthday this weekend. How about that? Yes. Yeah. But my yeah, actual Liz goal. Said, Liz sent me an email uh, or a, a text about a month ago, and she said, seafood buffet. Want to come? <laughs> I, I said, yes. That was it. I didn't ask any other questions. Yep. Again. I didn't know time, dates. I was like, seafood? Yes, I'm in. And but, so we're coming out to LA. We're not going to be seeing you, Leon, uh, because you're busy with uh, having your own women's weekend yep. uh, and not getting locked in the panic room. But I understand that there's going to be some excellent representation from your family um, at this seafood festival yes. that we're going to. Yes. And that is, uh, that's, that sounds very, well, we'll miss you. Uh, we'll no, be fine without good. you. We'll be totally fine without you. Well, again, Brooks is like, wait, seafood buffet? Like that's, <laughs> he doesn't care that he's seeing you or your husband. He's like, seafood yeah. buffet? Aunt Liz? Yeah. Okay, seafood yes. buffet. We're going to be seeing Sheila as well. Yeah, so Sheila's attending. Exciting. Sheila's going to be uh, around. Mm-hmm. She got the same text, seafood mm-hmm. buffet. Okay, yeah. she's in. So my secret plan while Julie is in Santa Monica, Leon, is to get her to try one of the scooters. We'll oh, see yeah. if that works. We'll see. We'll have, you know, we'll need to entertain ourselves on Saturday and Sunday, Julie. I, okay. I don't could know. Could be your Liz. scooter moment. I don't know. I heard your podcast about the scooter. <laughs> don't hurt yourself. And I don't drive as well as you do. So I, I just think bad things could happen. Okay. But Julie. that's my to-do list, Leanne. I'm just packing my bag with no food in it because I'm going to the seafood buffet. <laughs> yeah, I have a girls weekend this weekend with some college friends. Uh, it's in Palm Springs. Very hot. But we don't care. We, we don't care. 8,000 degrees. You know there. what? It's fine. Oh, stop. It'll be but fine. It, we'll, we'll have fun. So it doesn't really matter. So we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. All right. We would like to thank Sergio Enriquez here at the Wondery Sunset Studios for engineering the show. We always appreciate that. We'd like to thank our sponsors. They're the people that make the show possible. And thanks to the Satellite Sisterhood for supporting the people that support us. That's Harry's, Care.com, Kopari, and Me Undies. Anyone else have anything else going on? Nope. Then that's, that's it. Nope. That's a wrap. All right. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters. Hey.